Welcome to episode number 35 of Messing About in Chips for March 19th, 2009. This week we have our normal maritime chit-chat followed by an interview with Nick Jaffe about his solo sailing adventures and an exciting new social media mashup called Blue Mapia, an online cruising guide. And finally, we have some pod-safe music. Welcome to episode number 35 of Messing About in Ships. I'm Peter Mello from Sea Fever Consulting, and my podcasting partner and friend is Captain John Conrad from gcaptain.com. Hey, John, what's going on out there? I'm doing great. How are you, Peter? I'm doing okay. I'm doing good. A beautiful day here in Massachusetts, beautiful sunny day, and uh, I think uh, spring has sprung. We started planting a few uh, seeds in pots indoors, uh, Jenny did with the kids, and uh, they were all sprouting, so we're, we're optimistic. We're past, uh, we can probably put away those snow shovels. Great. That's wonderful. How about out there? 70 uh, and sunny? <laughs> 72 and sunny, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Can't complain. Good stuff. Well, what's new at G-Captain, John? Uh, not too much new. Uh, the uh, latest headlines, um, a lot of traffic on this uh, USNS Impeccable. Uh, have you heard of this story? Sure have, and I uh, saw you uh, actually did a good FAQ post on it, and uh, actually, I actually blogged about your post and embedded your uh, YouTube uh, video in uh, the Sea Fever blog, so uh, tell people about it, though. Yeah, so it's a military sea lift command uh, vessel, so this is the, um, uh, the the private mariner arm of the U.S. Navy. So these vessels are owned by the U.S. Navy, but they're um, the they're civilian mariners who man these vessels. And most of these vessels are doing uh, like uh, unwrapping and uh, supplying the fleet. So when an aircraft carrier needs fuel or um, food while it's out at sea, these vessels come alongside. And they're all manned by civilian mariners. But they also have uh, a number of vessels that do kind of specialty missions. This one is a uh, seismic um, vessel. It's pulling a uh, sonar uh, array behind it. And what it's really doing is, is looking for enemy subs. Uh, that's its primary mission. Uh, so they were uh, doing operations off the coast of China and uh, Chinese fishermen who the U.S. Navy claims uh, were, were sent there by the Chinese Navy were, uh, came by to harass this, this vessel. And uh, they were close enough that the MSC guys uh, nailed them with a water hose. Uh, they steamed away, stripped down to their uh, underwear, came back and did a, uh, a uh, skinnily clad war dance hmm. in harassment of the Navy vessel. So it's, it's kind of escalated in the last two weeks. The uh, U.S. Navy sent the uh, um, destroyer Hung Chu, which is actually named after a uh, Hawaiian uh, native who became an admiral in the Navy, but it obviously confuses things. Um, and then the Chinese Navy just sent a non-military warship, whatever that means. Uh, so you got, you got these, right, presently you got the fishing boats, the impeccable, uh, the U.S. Navy and the Chinese Navy, Navy vessel right there. And um, it's, it's kind of uh, interesting. I saw Admiral uh, Mullen, the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, on uh, Charlie Rose the other night kind of discussing the incident. And uh, he said, you know, they, they were outside of territorial waters, um, but inside China's economic exclusion zone. So that's the zone. 200 miles off the coast is where we have rights to, so like the fisheries and the reef and any, any mining rights. Outside of that is international waters. Anyone can go there for commercial reasons. So the Navy was inside the, the China's commercial zone, but outside the territorial waters. Mm. Um, it kind of struck me a little, little bit dangerous. The policy they were saying, you know, any territorial waters only go out 12 miles, so the U.S. Navy has the right to sit 12 miles off the China coast. 
So what I don't understand is, are we inviting the Chinese to sit 12 miles off our coast? Uh, it, it seemed like uh, now they they have every right to do that. So um, it's definitely uh, you know nothing immediate, but it's it's beginning uh, the a little bit worrisome uh, tactics. We we really started um, covering this uh, or oh, a year and a half ago when it first discovered that Chinese uh, nuclear ballistic submarines had been built and their missile capability was a few thousand miles so they have the ability to come out with nuclear ballistic subs sit off the coast of California and um, uh, that's that's a problem they also have attack subs which of course and uh, as G Captain's angle attack subs are the enemy of uh, merchant fleets so Interesting. So um, the vessels, I've seen the pictures, and the vessels almost look like, uh, the Chinese vessels almost look like uh, fishing boats or tugboats or something. I mean, they weren't really um, military-looking ships, but you're saying they they are um, directed by the military or the Navy, the Chinese Navy? Well, no one's come right out and say who, what they what they're there for. Uh, the, the problem was they came out and not only did they harass them, but they actually threw grappling hooks down in the water and tried to retrieve uh, the impeccable gear. Um, and some intelligence link linked them to the, to the Chinese Navy. So that's, that's the problem right now. Mm -hmm. But the reason this vessel is there is all the Chinese nuclear ballistic subs, or uh, most of them are in the South China Sea, in order to get out into the Pacific and be, get within range of the U.S. Uh, continent, um, they have to pass through these choke points, these restrictions between islands. Um, and, you know, if we had sonar buoys and ships like the Impeccable there, you know, we'd be able to detect when a Chinese nuclear ballistic sub um, entered the Pacific. So that's the reason they want uh, uh, these types of ships there. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we'll keep our eye on that one. Yeah. What else you got? What else do we have? The Super Ferry. Uh, it's closed down again. Hawaii Super Ferry. Okay. I briefly saw a headline, but I didn't really read about it. What's up with that? So this has been a big concern. Of course, there are very few uh, American merchant uh, jobs for American merchant mariners. The Jones Act protects uh, U.S. mariners. Um, but, you know, there are very few, a very small percentage of the world's uh, hulls are, are U.S. flagged or uh, regulated under the Jones Act. So there's always a look for giving U.S. mariners jobs. Uh, a couple of years ago, they've pushed to uh, put cruise ships in Hawaii. Uh, these cruise ships have to be U.S. flagged because Hawaii is too far for them to stop at a foreign port. And one stop in a foreign port means they don't have to be a U.S. flag vessel. So um, there was an American cruise line started building ships. It went under. Uh, NCL bought those hulls and started operating. Now they're pulling those ships out of Hawaii, saying it's too expensive. So there's uh, mariners in Hawaii are out of jobs. They started these. Uh, the states are building these super ferries. They work uh, incredibly well. First in the Canary Islands, ferrying people between uh, islands in the Canary Islands. And now they're starting them in Hawaii. And instead of having to fly uh, from Oahu to Maui, for example, you can take this high-speed ferry across. But uh, the residents of uh, the, uh, the um, other islands are saying this is going to bring more traffic, more pollution. Um, and there's also concern of uh, hitting uh, whales or dolphins and that, that sort of thing. So the environmentalists are strictly opposed to this, and the mariners are uh, very much for it. And the, Hawaii, the state of Hawaii really thinks that this is uh, their future. So um, they, they've been going back and forth. They've been closed down before, but um, it's, it's, it's been a while since the, the last closure, and it looks like it's just happened again. Hmm. And, uh, and no idea how long this, this is uh, going to last. No, but they do have another um, 
uh, ferry that's being built in Mobile, Alabama, I believe, and it's kind of they've been they slowed down the building process uh, almost a year ago, and now uh, you know the the shipyards in Mobile are saying you know is is this are we ever going to be able to deliver this um, this mm. ferry? Mm, not good. Not good. We um we got a couple comments actually. We got one comment. Uh, I got it on the Sea Fever blog from Jeff Musk, who's a who's a listener, um, going way back. I do remember he was on the chart we had back uh, back a while ago. You know, let me just pull it up here if I can find it. But um, he commented about our last podcast. Jeff wrote, "Really enjoyed hearing what Stas Margaranis had to say about helping put Americans back to work in shipyards and at sea. I'll be paying close attention to the green shipping bill. Thanks, Jeff Musk. So thanks, Jeff, for commenting." That was a good interview you did, and I think people 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 enjoyed it. Um, we also got uh, Heidi Cool, who's a listener, featured our podcast on her web development blog, which is uh, pretty pretty cool. Under a post entitled "The Power of Podcasting: Building Your Brand While Entertaining and Educating Your Audience," and uh, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. But uh, in case you want to check out Heidi's um, blog, it's uh, Heidi Cool, and that's H E I. D-I-C-O-O-L dot com forward slash blog. So uh, it's a good, pod, a good post about podcasting, and uh, we appreciate her mentioning us in there as one of the podcasts. that. Uh, She's another longtime listener back when we were on uh, Pounce, which was an uh, early competitor to Twitter, since closed. Yes, that's right. So uh, she's a friend going way back and uh, trade uh, trade tweets with her pretty frequently. So um, she's a regular listener, and we appreciate that. And her uh, post here about uh, which mentions us. And Twitter's really, uh, you know, just it seems like just in the past week since we talked about it last has really exploded again. Uh, we were. Uh, we're Mike uh, Schuler, who, who uh, works here with us on GCAP, and he's going down to uh, the Sea Trade Conference in Miami, and we were looking up, uh, you know, twi- uh, Twitterers who were down there, and there are a, a great number of them. There's also seems every cruise ship uh, is on Twitter now, and mm-hmm. uh, if you go to Twitter.com/GCAP, then I've I've done a little link to all the various cruise lines that are down at Sea Trade. Uh, and next week we are going to be at uh, CMA, the Connecticut uh, Maritime Association's annual uh, conference, Shipping 2009, in Stamford, Connecticut. Um, and we're looking for anyone uh, who's going to be there, uh, who's a listener or a member of Twitter, uh, please. Uh, Twitter us at GCAPM and uh, we'd love to meet up with you. We're also going to be bringing a, uh, the guys from Aeromech Engineering and they're going to be bringing uh, an actual um, uh, UAV, one of these remote control airplanes for the military, which uh, they're going to have it at the booth and some video of the, of the UAVs um, in, in action. So it's going to be real neat. Very cool. Very cool. Well, you guys, uh, you guys should bring a video camera and do a little do a little tour of the uh, CMA. Uh, Absolutely. And we'll be at the Maritime Executive booth. So if you happen to be there next week, Stanford, Connecticut, stop by the Maritime Executive booth. I know Ben um, Strong from Amber is going to be down there too because uh, I'm sure there's a lot of other Twitters who are going to be down there. So um, not sure yet whether I'll be able to make it, but um, uh, you will not be, right? It doesn't look like it. Um, I, I guess... Uh, I should announce it here. I'm uh, heading back to see actually shipyard. I'm going to Korea to build a 800-foot um, uh, uh, exploratory drill ship. So I don't want to give too many details away just yet, but uh, I'm really excited. I'm going to be there from uh, start to finish and actually deliver it to the uh, to the Gulf of Mexico. So, wow, that's exciting. Um, what's the time difference here? How are we going to do this podcast? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, we'll figure it out. We always do. <laughs> you got that right. Uh, finally, you uh, you put up a little quiz this last weekend. Tell tell us about that. Uh, this was fun. So it was just a little uh, nautical term quiz. Just um, uh, what was it? Ten questions uh, testing your uh, knowledge of uh, of shipping terms, things found on ships, and um, the first one is uh, uh, what is what is a pintle. Um, uh, and 
we I was shocked. I put it up just kind of having fun. I pulled out my uh, uh, Merchant Seaman's Manual and my Dictionary of Nautical Terms on Friday, and I just hunted through for some uh, interesting ones, and I uh, put it up on Friday, and by Monday, it had um, it had 1,400 views, and, and uh, the last time I looked, it was up to 1,800, so uh, amazing, but it's a lot of fun. I'll, I'll, we'll see if we can embed it on Messing About in Ships. If not, I'll, I'll put a link up, but uh, fun little quiz. That'd be fun, and uh, it'd be fun to kind of figure out a way to bring it into the show here too. Figure out a way to get a prize going and engage people. So I look forward to taking it. Absolutely, you can do it anonymously, right? Yes, you're not you're not logging all these scores in. You you had the option. You can put your uh, you can register. It's powered by Studio, so if you register on their site and they you know you can do that right through the widget that we have on GCAM, uh, it will log your score. Um, but you you're more than welcome to do it anonymously as well. Good. I don't want people to know what I don't know. um anyway this week we have a uh interview well actually before we get to that point you have anything else no no i think that's it yourself no that's it for this week other than our our main interview um we i had a chance to talk uh yesterday or what was it the day before yesterday with nick jaffe and some of you might remember him he's the young guy who is australian and had a dream of sailing around the world and uh, he uh, bought a small 26-foot boat last year, started in the Netherlands. Um, we talked about him on the podcast previously, and we, we, uh, I've blogged about him a little bit occasionally, about his adventures. Um, and he came on and talked to us. Uh, he talked uh, first for about the first uh, two-thirds of the um, interview. He, we talked about his adventures. And then the last third is about a new, um, which I think is pretty cool, social media maritime uh, boating community tool. It's uh, basically a Google mashup and as an online cruising guide. And uh, he's working for this company called Blue Mapia. And uh, they've agreed to sponsor the remaining leg of his trip, well, the leg from California to Australia, if he's able to help generate uh, more traffic to the website. And basically... They're looking to get 300 registered users and about 600 place markers on this uh, Google mashup. And it's basically an online cruising guide. Um, I've entered a few things in there. If you go to bluemapia.com, and that's B-L-U-E-M-A-P-I-A.com, it'll bring it up and you'll check it out. And if you just uh, uh, fool around on there, um, I actually entered in in, onto Mattapoisit. where I live, a couple different tourist attractions or places that if you were cruising in Buzzards Bay or in these, this area and you wanted to see what was uh, available to do, I kind of put a few things in there. But the idea is, is a cruising guide, um, tourist attractions, services, all kinds of things. Um, and, you know, if Messing About in Ships uh, podcast listeners can help out, that would be great. Um, if you are a boater, if you own a boat, if you know or live in a, in a maritime community anywhere and know some interesting things that you'd like to put in there so that boaters would uh, come to your community, would be able to explore and take advantage of those things, then uh, then by all means, check it out over at Blue Mapia and help uh, Nick get his sponsorship for his uh, the rest of his journey home to Australia. And I'm, uh, I'm glad he came on. I thought after our last discussion of him, uh, he, he might be... Uh um, wary of coming on, but uh, it seems like he's a pretty good-natured fellow. He certainly is, and you know what? He, he's, uh, he takes it as it comes. I mean, he's, uh, he's self-taught, um, but worked extremely, seemed to work extremely hard at it, and you listen to the podcast, you'll see he's pretty methodical of how he approached this adventure, and um, you know, I give a lot of credit to him, and uh, I look forward to following the next, uh, the next leg, and hopefully we can give him a little boost with his uh, Blue Mapia Challenge. So let's listen to Nick. Chairman of my on a three-masted schooner from Twilling Gate Isle. I've been the world over, north, south, east, and west, but the middle of nowhere's where I likes it best. Where it's wave over wave, 
So exactly, who are you and what do you do? Um, my name is uh, Nick Jaffe, and um, in 2006 I started a project to sail from uh, Europe um, to Australia, to Melbourne, uh, where I'm from. And uh, it's you know, I've been working on this project ever since 2006 when I first bought the boat. And uh, today I am in New York, in Greenport on Long Island. And um, I've been here since uh, the end of June last year. And just working on the boat and trying to come up with the money to keep going because uh, I've got to cross the Pacific this year. So uh, that's, that's where I am today and that's where I'll be. Um, this year, so I'm, I'm looking to, to to finish this project, I guess, if you want to call it a project, um, by the end of this year. Wow, great! Um, what inspired you to kind of embark on this whole project, this adventure? Um, well, in, in in about 2004, it's when I first uh, sort of, you know, I voiced the idea to a couple of friends. You know, I was in school, and and I kind of said, you know, when I finish, um, this might be something I'd, I'd like to look into. Um, and, and I, I really only had contact with one friend who, who was a sailor and he'd been building a cruising boat for about 12 years. And that, that was the first kind of, uh, contact I've had, I'd had with someone like that. Um, and so 2004 was the first time I really thought about it, but it wasn't until 2006 when I was living in Germany because I moved there kind of on a whim. And, uh, that's, that's when I really started looking into the, to the idea in earnest and, and trying to see if that was something that was, was realistic. Wow. And how much experience of sailing had you had before you kind of cast off the lines and had the adventure? <laughs> N- not a lot. Um, I didn't come from a seafaring family. Uh, we didn't live anywhere near the sea. Uh, you know, I went, we went to the beach pretty regularly, but it's certainly not for sailing. Um, so, so I had very little, and, and I was living in Germany, which is, is obviously a landlocked city, for, for six months while I was working to pay for this boat. And uh, during that period, I, I studied whatever I could get my hands on, uh, you know, after work every night. So I was, I was doing the Yacht Master Theory. Uh, I couldn't afford to actually do the course, but, you know, a, a couple of friends I'd met sent me the material, so I, you know, I spent my time studying. And uh, finally, when I flew over to the boat, which was in Southampton in England, um, I spent six months sailing and uh, studying, working, and, and basically just trying to talk to anyone that knew anything about sailing boats. Unfortunately, in Southampton, there's a lot of those people. So, um, yeah, I, I spent my time basically sailing in the Solent uh, for six months, which is, I guess, really where I you know, really went to sail. And I also did a course in Gibraltar, which I'll be honest, probably, you know, the sailing I did myself and taught myself was probably a lot uh, more valuable when I think back. So, yeah. How'd you find the boat? As in, how did I physically find it? Yeah, like, how did you identify that boat that you yeah, were to yeah. take? Well, I, you know, I did a lot of research. Um, you know, I read a lot of the books, you know, those pocket cruising books, uh, trying to find something that, that was kind of semi-affordable, something that, you know, had done a similar voyage and also... Uh, which was available in Europe, and the Contessa 26, is, which is what I ended up purchasing, kind of came out of Leamington in uh, the Southampton area of the UK. So it was, you know, it was accessible. It was in Europe, um, and you know they're getting quite old, so they're kind of affordable. Okay. And and they have a really you know an amazing reputation. Uh, they've done they've done round the world voyages, and you know it's it's nice to think that. The boat you're going to buy has kind of done that before. So. Give us give us a little tour. Of what you what you got on on board? Uh, what's what's the name of your vessel, by the way? Um, the name of my boat is Constellation. Constellation, uh, that's right. Yeah, and it's the I don't know if, if anyone's ever been on a Contessa 26, but even for a, a 26 foot boat, it's exceptionally small inside. Um, it's very narrow beamed. Um, you, you, I can't stand up in it. I'm kind of in a constant state of, of being almost doubled over. <laughs> uh, it's very simple. I, I, I left originally. I left England 
uh, without any money, uh, without any self-steering, not even an autopilot, and had actually scrapped the trip for the year and decided to go to Hamburg to, to work. So I left just, it was a, it was a stock standard Contessa. There was, there was nothing. It had a new sale on it. That was it. Um, and so I had no self-steering, which posed to be a, a bit of a problem <laughs> <laughs> when you're sailing on your own. Yes. So I, I, I more or less sailed with a friend in the end up to Holland, and it was not till Holland that I actually figured out how to get the money to buy a, a wind pilot, uh, which is a, a wind vane. And uh, basically my boat, um, you know, I crossed the Atlantic pretty much with just a stock Contessa uh, with a wind vane strapped on the back. Um, you know, and, and handheld GPS for navigation, two of those, sextant, you know, all the reduction tables. Um, I do have a life raft, um, heat pad, um, you know, the flares, all the, the safety equipment. Um, and I actually ended up, someone uh, felt pity for me, or, or more for my parents, and, and actually gave me a sat phone. Okay. Um, so I, I had a sat phone. Um, yeah. But, you know, in terms of the boat itself, it's, there's nothing special on it. It really isn't. Yeah. So when you decided to, uh, to actually start the voyage across the Atlantic, how many days did you uh, prepare for? How many, what you were anticipating for the trip to take, and how long did it take you? Yeah, well, I, I talked to a lot of people, um, and I knew uh, boats doing similar voyages, similar size, and I estimated between 28 and 30 days. And uh, with that in mind, I basically stocked. So I stocked food for about 50 to 60 days, and I stocked about 70 days worth of um, worth of fresh drinking water because I don't I don't have a water maker or anything, so I have to carry my own water. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the in the end, it, it it ended up being exactly 30 days, which was about what um, I expected. So. Yeah, that was from the Canary Islands to Barbados. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Now, you keep a very interesting blog. Um, that's how I found you initially, probably over a year ago, about a year ago, whatever it was. Um, and uh, tell us a little bit about about what possessed you to kind of embark on using social media to chronicle your, your, your adventure. Yeah. Um, I guess... You know, I studied uh, fine art, um, but before that, I was a, a software developer, a web developer, and uh, I've been doing that for for a long time, professionally since I was 17. So, you know, I've been building websites. I've been, you know, blogging before they called it blogging, um, and so it just sort of seemed like a, a natural progression to to try and document the voyage. And so, in 2006, I started a blog uh, before I even had the boat. Um, and I just started blogging about how I was going to buy it and, and all that sort of stuff. And within a couple of months of starting the blog, everything was rolling. I had purchased the boat, and um, I, I got uh, a, a design team in, in Sydney called Massive to to design the graphics for the website, and I, I programmed it. And, um, and then I started using Twitter not long after and, and, and things like that. Um, so I, I really... I mean, I originally started documenting the website because I love reading about other people's trips like that. So I was trying to think of, you know, if if, if I wasn't me, if I was someone else, what would be really cool? Uh, what would be a really cool website if someone was doing this? And so I, I tried to, I did put a lot of effort into the website, and, and I still do, to, to put as much stuff up there as possible and to try and be honest about it. And the response has been, has been phenomenal. I mean, I don't think uh, I could have done... You know, I couldn't have gotten this far without um, the support of people, you know, coming from the website. So it's it's been amazing, really. It's also been tough. You have a public image that you have to try and um, keep up, I guess, as well. Interesting. There's um, you you know, there's a lot of armchair sales out there who are living their lives vicariously through your reports back on uh, and and not I I would assume not only just the sailing parts of it, but uh, the whole the whole. Um, from start to finish part of the adventure. Um, so it's pretty, pretty intriguing. You, um, you also, I mean, you wear your, you really lay it out there for people too in the blog. Um, one of the things that struck me quite a bit in, in reading the blog was that you do get seasick. Isn't, isn't that right? <laughs> yeah, I get, <laughs> I get seasick, but to be honest, I've not really met anyone that, that, 
it doesn't get a little bit crazy, so I don't feel too bad about it. Um, but yeah, the first man, the first uh, 48 hours, um, you know, I'm I'm flat on the floor. But but at the same time, you know, when 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 I have to, you know, even even when I'm so sick, you know, I, I still, you know, I'm full control of the boat. But you know, for the first couple of days, all I want to do is get that autopilot working <laughs> and like, yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, I suck on, on a piece of ginger, kind of just feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know from from a sailor reading it's very it's very interesting to, uh, to you know to to really kind of uh, you help us experience what exactly you're going through and um, it's kind of in in a way uh, you're and I'm sure this isn't the first time this parallel is being drawn I think you draw it yourself probably is but it, it it also it reminds me a lot of a kind of a modern Joshua Slocum story because you really it's really your story and you really um, sharing with us your adventure and um, you know he was the first to do it um, and uh, it's, it's a fascinating read and your blog is is very very interesting very entertaining very fascinating yeah I, I appreciate it because I do I put a lot of effort into it so you know I hope it comes across. <laughs> yeah, you know, it comes across as very honest and open, and I think that's why it works. Um, um, how about any close calls during during uh, this trip so far? What uh, share with us any sea stories you can? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I came, I came one, I came at one point close to to what I would consider probably shipwrecking the boat, which was um, I, I left from. From La Coruña in um, northwestern Spain, and uh, I was just so eager to leave. Um, I got a I got a good weather forecast, um, but I hadn't been sailing. I'd been stuck in port for about five weeks, and uh, I, I I got out. I started sailing, and I left with another boat, and uh, they disappeared off around Cape Finisterre, and and I was still stuck motoring along and. The swell was coming out of the Bay of Biscay, and it was just—I was—I was not feeling that fantastic. And I ended up uh, deciding to to shoot into a small fishing village. And it was—it must have been midnight. Um, I was tired, cold, um, and I was—I uh, pre-programmed my my waypoints into my GPS because I knew that I wasn't feeling that great. So I, I didn't want to, to to risk doing anything straight off the chart. I, I programmed it all into my GPS, and uh, I wasn't following the cross-track error. Um, which is, you know, you can be headed for for a point, but you can be drifting, you know, to port a starboard at that point, sure. still heading toward it, if you know what I mean. Yep. And uh, I was coming in into a small bay, into a, to a village, and uh, I was not watching my cross-track error. And um, I, I was heading straight for a, a set of rocks, and it was it was utterly terrifying. You know, I didn't see them until I saw white water crashing. And, you know, it was right in the middle of the bay. These rocks just sticking up out of nowhere. And uh, that was a wow. close call. Um, that that was just rather, you know, straight to port, engine full ahead, you know, and, and, and away from those rocks. But uh, I, I learned a lesson there. That's, that's for sure. Wow. And how about uh, how about in the crossing itself when you're clear of any kind of land and you know you're out at sea for you know days on end? Did you did you run into much? Did you see much traffic? Did you uh, have any misgivings about the adventure when you were kind of at a point of no return? Well, the, the first three days out of the Canary Islands were horrific, um, and they're known for getting cross swells, uh, which is basically where the swells. Um, well, they cross. Um, you get the, the swells that are sort of building up in the trade wind area, and the swells that are coming from the more variable zone. And uh, it was it was horrible. Um, I really questioned what I was doing um, at that point because I was I was under I was almost under storm jib, um, trailing warps with no main up, and I was doing you know six knots, which is half speed. Wow. And we we were just flying, and I was just I was like, this is you know I, I hate overpowering the boat. I never sail um, usually at full speed, mm-hmm. um, and, and we were flying, and, and I was incredibly seasick, and the boat was rolling from rail to rail, and you know I seriously questioned what I was doing. But I mean, we were doing good progress, <laughs> and um, so after the first three days, you know I, I I was I was into it, and we were doing well, but. Um, you know, the first three days, I did question it. But in terms of traffic, um, I saw probably two or three 
uh, tankers, which I, you know, we're heading on a direct route for back to Europe, um, and they they popped up on a radar detector that I have, so that made me made me feel good. <laughs> so now that you're on dry land and terra firma, how often do you long for those uh, uh, solitary moments at sea? Um, I do. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to getting back out there, but I'm also, you know, I'm wary of what's to come. Um, you know, I guess before I left, uh, you know, I'd never done a crossing like that before on my own, so I didn't really know what that was going to feel like. And now I do. I know what it's. I know what to expect. Right. You know? And you know, I am looking forward to it. There's wonderful, amazing moments, but you know, you're always under a constant uh, level of stress. Um, you really are, 24 hours a day. Uh, I, I don't really look forward to that, but that's that's part and parcel of the of the whole trip. Now you trucked your your vessel across, truck it or train it, or how'd you how'd you get it across the country? Because it's you... not across the country yet. Oh, um, it isn't. The, okay. Now the trucking company's booked in, um, and I'm still waiting on a firm date. But I get basically one week window, so it's going to be going in probably the last week of March, um, and it'll be going uh, to Berkeley in California. Okay. Uh, so I'm kind of cheating. Um, which I've had a few emails about. <laughs> um, so it should be over there by early April. Okay. Well, until those people who call you a cheater do it themselves, I think they have no uh, leg to stand on. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's funny. But anyway. <laughs> um, and so you'll, I'm sorry, you'll be leaving from what port on the West Coast? I'll be leaving from um, Berkeley. Okay. Yeah, Berkeley, California. And... Um, what uh, any different preparation for making a Trans-Pacific? Well, the, I've got an extraordinary amount of help uh, from all sorts of people here in um, in the U.S. It's just uh, you know I could I could rattle on about it for for the whole interview. It's it's been amazing, and so the boat has had a lot of work done on it here in Greenport. Uh, so it's 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 probably the best condition it's ever been in. Um, so you know nothing specific for the the Pacific, but uh, just in general, it will be in, in very good condition. New standing rigging. I finally have both my solar panels up. Uh, new furler, uh, new Genoa, new chain plates, you know, all that sort of stuff. New electrics. Great. You know, just general seaworthiness will be far superior. Excellent. So that's good. In the actual sailing itself, your preparation, your personal preparation, um, psychological preparation, anything different in the next the next leg? Um, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to basically, there'll be no coastal sailing uh, really this time. Um, it's going to be straight out of San Francisco Bay for Hawaii. Um, so, you know, I'll be doing sort of sea trials and stuff in the bay uh, just to make sure everything is okay, but then it's, it's straight out there. Um, so mentally, that's, that's interesting. It's going to be basically sitting in Berkeley, California is going to feel like it was sitting in Las Palmas and the Canaries, you know, with 25 days or more at sea ahead of me. So um, I think I'll be feeling better about this one. Good. Um, I do a lot of of planning. I plan everything out. I know exactly what to expect when I get to Hawaii. Um, So, yeah. yeah. Great. And that's... uh that's, you'll be stopping in Hawaii. Any what what other stops are you making before you arrive back in Australia? Well, I have not made uh, a firm plan. Basically, I, I can't plan the whole the whole thing in advance. Basically, I plan between major stops with an idea for the next one. So really, I'm just concentrating right now on getting the boat to Berkeley and then doing a bit of research on Hawaii. But after Hawaii, it's probably going to be something like. Uh, Tuvalu and then um, down to sort of maybe Vanuatu or Fiji, then New Caledonia, and then after New Caledonia, it's 10, 12 days sail, and I'm in Brisbane, Australia. And um, Great. I mean, it sounds pretty simple when you put it that way. But. <laughs> so what kind of... Uh, you're doing this pretty much on your own, but you do have some sponsors and supporters, and you want to tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the boat, uh, you know, it's pretty much all self-funded, but I have, I have, I do have some sponsors. Um, 
you know, some of the sponsors are, uh, are friends or friends who own companies back in Australia, things like that. Um, I've had a couple of people just sort of come out of the woodwork and just say, hey, Nick, can we sponsor you? Um, which is which is pretty cool. Um, so I do, I have some su- support from a, a couple of companies like um, Auto Systems in Australia and um, Bell Before You Dig and um, and I've got support from Brewers Yacht Yacht here in Greenport and Seldine, Furloughs, um, Doyle Sale, things like that. Right. Um, so, you know, some companies like that, which have been fantastic. Um, you know, no one's really kind of just handed me a blank check or anything. You know, none of that's happening. So, you know, cash flow is, is really the biggest issue on a trip like this. Um, but in terms of, of, of the website and, and in terms of um, sort of individual support, that's that's really been um, the kicker, you know. Um, you know, people sending me five or ten dollars. Sometimes people sending me a lot more. I've had people send me, you know, quite a bit of money. I've never met, I've never heard of them. <laughs> you know, it just arrives at PayPal. Right. But that's 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 really amazing. You know, and you add all that up, and and you know, it's 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 really been a fantastic help. It's been a quite extraordinary. Very cool. Now, tell me a little bit about what you do, and now you're working with a company called Blue Mapia. Yeah, so um, I kind of I arrived in the states in June last year, and I, I can't work here, um, so I was I was really kind of dumbfounded uh, about what mm-hmm. to do financially. And the thing with with Blue Mapia, sort of, it's kind of like the ideal sailor's job, and and that was just came at the ideal time, um, basically. They, they put out a call for someone, and, and I answered it, and we, we talked. And, and so I started working for them, and they're a, um, an Italian-based um, startup. Uh, it's a, a sailing website startup. And uh, they're founded by two guys in Milan. And uh, I work remotely from here, which, which, is, which is fantastic. And they're, a, they're an online cruising wiki and guide, uh, with a kind of a corresponding mobile application. So the idea is that you can be, you know, you've got to, if you're using the mobile application, you have to be within kind of cell um, coverage. So when you're coastal sailing, you know, things like that, you can take photos and, and upload them directly to the, to the website. Um, you can upload your position um, and things like that via the, the mobile application. And I guess the general idea is, is to create a, a huge online cruising guide um, so that you know, people like me, if you want to look up anchorages and things like that, that you can go to the website and, you know, there'll be user-contributed information and if you see something useful, you might be able to, to message um, a person who's put a placemark and get some more information and, and things like that. So it's sort of social networking and um, mobile applications and Web 2.0 and wikis and it's all this sort of stuff. Um, so it's, it's pretty interesting. It's a really, it's been a lot of fun, and, and it's been fun working with the guys in, in Italy. So, and what have you been doing exactly for them? I've been doing basically blogging, um, PR stuff, trying to to get people interested to to show people the website, you know, because it's it's user generated. If we don't have a big audience, we don't have content, and the, the site's really not that useful. So, you know, I've been also adding um, information myself. From, from the areas that I've been sailing. Um, and I've also been helping them out with with ideas and features and testing, and, you know, bouncing ideas around and, and things like that. So, um, yeah. yeah. So um, before we uh, embarked on this, about an hour before um, we connected via Skype, I sent out uh, via Twitter that we were going to be talking and asked for a few questions and I got two back. Um, one from Mario Vittoni, who's uh, one of my partners in, uh, uh, in writers over at weeklyleader.net, which is a leadership blog um, that we, we have. And uh, he wrote, uh, ask Big Oceans about his donations and is he getting enough? Um, most are most private, etc. Um, by the way, Mario's uh, in the Coast Guard. He's a rescue swimmer. I think he just moved. Um, his he just got promoted or moved to, to a different position. But um, he's a very accomplished uh, uh, rescue swimmer. So um, that was his question. I think you kind of covered that. But um, anything you want to add? But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, a, a, a lot of 
you know, a high percentage of the, of the money that uh, the, the donations, the assistance I have received has been from, you know, um, individuals finding my website and 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 wanting to to contribute something. So, yeah, I mean, I I always need more, <laughs> but you know, I, I never I never really like to ask for it. If, if people, the way I look at it is is that, that the website is a is a book, you know, and if if you like it, you know. Um, send me a couple of dollars if, if you don't or you can't do it. That's that's cool too. It's it's, it's still there and it always will be. So yeah, I've had a, a lot of assistance from from just individual donations. Great, and I, I definitely encourage uh, messing about in ships podcast listeners to check out the website and um, help help you along with uh, we'll send you a couple bucks here and there if they can. I hope. Um, and then we had Ryan Erickson. Ryan's also in the Coast Guard, and his question was, um, what made them come up with the concept, and was there an immediate market, or has it taken a while to grow? This is for Blue Mapia? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> um, they, you know, there, there are a couple of other websites that do something sort of like this, um, but they're more kind of um, generic kind of... Um, wiki installations. Um, this is the first, you know, to my knowledge, really kind of targeted custom um, online application um, for this kind of stuff with a corresponding um, mobile app. Uh, and it's it's also got some features that haven't quite come out yet, but it, it has an API and things like that. So, um, you know, there's not, to my knowledge, anything quite like it. And we... The, the, you know, with any website, no matter what it is, it's, it's really hard to, to get users. The, the web is so full of stuff. Sure. Hard to get users. And it, it has been hard to, to attract people. It's, it's really hard in the first stages of a user-generated place, you know, because if you don't have enough, a lot of users to generate that content, it's hard to get other people interested for them to, you know, to contribute as well. So, you know, things are ramping up um, at the moment. Um, but it, you know... Yeah, it's it's been hard, but things are getting better, and new features are coming out, and, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully, it really does take off. Yeah, it's really cool. It's so easy to use. I was on this morning, and um, I had actually previously uh, registered for the registered on there, and then this morning I added a couple different locations. One was uh, aid to navigation in Buzz's Bay at Ned's Point Lighthouse. Um, added that in there, or the photograph. I added uh, something about uh, Mattapoise at Shipyard Park, where uh, is a nice place to end up after uh, uh, as part of a cruise. Um, across the street is a historic uh, uh, tavern and inn where you can definitely a lot of sailors end up in there. And uh, then I also put in uh, the New Bedford Port Society, which is an organization I've been involved with, and it's the Seaman's Bethel, which was made famous by Herman Melville and Moby Dick as a whaleman's chapel. So you can you can put just tourist destinations in. You can put uh, buoys, lighthouses, all kinds of things. It's uh, add photographs. It's got the uh, longitude and latitude of the location and uh, the social aspect of being able to comment on other people's. Uh, entries pretty cool so um uh, i think it's a great program i think it's it's uh it's actually kind of fun to just uh, poke around on it and see what's out there and see what people's contributions are um to that end i think there's a little uh call to action you have don't you with with respect yeah. to uh, your crews and uh, and your position there yeah well um <clears throat> blue, blue might be a kind of sort of the, the period that i'll be working for them is winding up now because uh, I'm, I'm moving on to sailing, uh, back to sailing. So they kind of came forward and said, you know, look, if, if you help us out to to try and get more users and, and get some more place marks, we'll we'll you know help you out with some with some funding for your Pacific voyage, um, which is really generous and, and fantastic. So I've been basically trying to rally rally up, you know, uh, users my website and users any anyone anyone who sails or is interested in this stuff. Um, Basically, the deal is that you know if you go to Blue Mapia and and register and add some place marks, I've got some targets. I need we need to get 300 new users and and 600 new place marks. And if those targets are met on Blue Mapia, then they'll uh, you know help me out financially for my Pacific voyage, um, which I really need. And 
and it, and it works two ways because um, Blue Napier is it's all Creative Commons and it's it's just there for everyone. So um, yeah, that's the deal. So if you want to go there and register and add some place marks and also maybe we can reach those targets and it'll help me out in my voyage. That would be uh, fantastic. <laughs> so how many? Um, how are you doing on these objectives? Um, I haven't I haven't checked the stats today, but the last that I checked we were about thirty two percent, I think, of of the objectives. So there's still a ways to go. Okay. Um so And when did this uh when did this start? When did you uh you're thirty two percent, but when how long has it taken you to get to thirty two percent? It started oh, when did it start? About two weeks ago maybe. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's through the month of April, right? You got to have this by May first, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. And I'm looking at, and I'm on the website. I'm looking at it right now, and I notice that, like in general, it seems like um, the, the the largest participation is really in Europe. Is that correct, right now? Yeah, I mean that 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 is an interesting thing to note. Um, Maybe is you know it's the 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 map and everything supports the globe. But the concentration, because it's come out of um, Italy, um, and that's where the founders, um, Maximo and Marcello, come from, uh, you know, the, the concentration, and when you first start the map, you know, it's, it starts in the Mediterranean. Sure. So that, you know, that's really more to do with the fact that that's where the founders have come from. Um, they also wanted to try and concentrate on an area um, as opposed to just starting out with the world. <laughs> right. They, it would be easier to start out with the med than the world, um, but there's there's going to be stuff coming. You know, so for example, if you visit this, I think if you visit the website from the U.S., you know, it will then concentrate the map on that area depending on where you're coming from. Um, but you are right; the concentration so far has been uh, on Europe. Well, I see a lot of opportunity for Americans to kind of help you along with your uh, yeah your challenge here because the map is. Uh, could use some place markers on it, so um, yeah. hopefully we get some people involved. Yeah, I mean the bo- the boating market in the in the U.S. is I think the biggest in the world, so um, definitely that's a good point. And um, your home your home country of Australia needs to pick up the pace a little bit too. Yeah, it could, <laughs> could do some help down there. <laughs> so what's GOTV? GOTV is a uh, it's sort of like a, um, a TV station. Uh, so it doesn't it doesn't start playing from the beginning when you visit it. Basically, it's it's like TV when you turn it on, whatever's playing is playing. Okay. Um, and GeoTV is basically a list of of sailing related videos and and films that we've put together that people can just go on and, and watch like TV. And if you actually you can actually contribute to that channel if you go to YouTube uh, and tag your video uh, with Blue Mapia, um, you will actually be part of um, GeoTV. Okay. So. Cool. And does that help you with your, does that in any way help you with your um, your challenge here? Not specifically. That's okay. sort of just, uh, an additional thing um, as part of Blue Mapia, um, for, for just for interest sake, I guess. Yeah. So let's just make sure everybody knows how to find you. What's your, um, what's your web, uh, what's your URL for your blog? Yeah, my, my blog is www.bigoceans.com and the um, Blue Mapia, which is the, the guys who are going to helping me out with sponsorship and things, uh, is Blue Mapia, which is just blue, um, B-L-U-E, and then Mapia, M-A-P-I-A.com. Very cool. It's uh it's a great site and everybody should definitely follow Nick on his uh his adventures cuz uh let's face it you're not going to do it yourself so <laughs> might as well take advantage of him doing it. Um no it's it's it's, it's I always find it interesting entertaining and I appreciate you sharing your life with with uh me so I think I once sent you 5 bucks to have a beer somewhere and uh, I'm sure I'll do Thank that again. And I had that beer. It was very nice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> One of many, I'm sure, on this voyage. Um, so anything else you want to share with Messing About and Ships podcast listeners um, about your adventures? Uh, maybe we can get you to check in again um, periodically. Yeah, sure. and do, maybe you yeah. could do a report for us and keep us up to date on your adventure. So we become a correspondent. Sure. Yeah, 
sure, I'd love to. Um, just uh, just let me know whenever you want to do that. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm going to have. I think I'm going to have um, email access this time from the high seas, which would be nice. Um, but you know, I have. I hopefully maybe can do another podcast or something from the islands or from the west coast or or anything really. Cool. Cool. Well, let's definitely keep in touch and work on that. That would be exciting from from our perspective. And I'm sure I'll uh, keep up to date with you on uh, my blog, Sea Fever, and hopefully, uh, uh, you know, we'll get some some people to uh, to join this challenge and and help you out because uh, I think it's cool. So, right. well, thanks for taking the time, Nick, and uh, wish you the best of luck with both both your Blue Mapia challenge and, uh, of course, your your Trans Pacific adventure. I've sailed the world over for decades or more And oftentimes I wonder what I do it for I don't know the answer, it's pleasure and pain But with life to live over, I'd do it again Where it's wave over wave, sea over bow I'm as happy a man as the sea will allow There's no other life for a sailor like me Than to sail the salt sea, boys, sail the sea Where it's wave over wave, sea over bow I'm as happy a man as the sea will allow There's no other life for a sailor like me Than to sail the salt sea, boys, sail the sea Life but sail the salt sea. That music came to us from the Podsafe Music Network. The name of the song was Wave Over Wave, and the band was The Great Big Sea out of uh, Nova Scotia. We've played them before. Um, Thanks so much for spending time with us today. We really enjoy having you and hope you will consider joining in the conversation with us. Leave us a comment over at the show blog, which is uh, messingaboutinships.com. Or you can email us a comment at podcast at messingaboutships.com and you could uh, attach an MP3 file to it and we'll find a way to integrate it into the show so we can get your voice on here, not just John and mine. Um, of course, you can get John at his great uh, gcaptain.com, which has uh, his blog, the maritime forums, which are extremely popular, and all the other mariner tools and things that make that uh, the number one maritime site on the internet. Um, hopefully you can visit me and leave a comment over at my blog, which is seafever.org, and that's S-E-A-F-E-V-E-R.org. Um, love to hear from you over there. So there's no excuse about uh, getting a hold of us. Uh, tons of ways to do that, and look forward to hearing from you. Finally, we're going to close out with another Podsafe tune. It's uh, So Far Down by uh, David Usher. Hope you enjoy it, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next time. Scars are piling high Like fashion magazines Read between the lines So desperate for release Get your new tattoo So we'll all look the same Take the chemicals That help you through the day Step outside your door Do we all look the same? No one says a word
in magazines I swear I'm getting out So desperate for release Climb up to the top Step out on the edge No one says a word We all get by 